a local Philadelphia area town is the number one place to live. Compass comes out and tries to raise $10 billion in their valuation. And we've got some fun National Cheesesteak Day news next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We are back on Tool Time here. Got some interesting stuff to go over this week. First and foremost, I mean, we all see these like ranking lists that come out, right? Where it says the number one town to live in or where you want to be for this reason. So according to the Pittsburgh-based company Niche, Chesterbrook is the number one place to live in the entire country. Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because we were just looking at it and I mean, it's ranked number one. Santa Monica came in number two. So who would have thought that our local Chesterbrook uh, would, would come in first? And it looks like it's for the second year in a row. Um, the company was basing this off of things like schools, housing, jobs, fitness, and health. Um, and I guess they, they found Chesterbrook to be number one in the nation. Well, I mean, you know, like Tredefron East County School District is always rated very highly. So it's probably got something to do with it. Um, and, you know, I mean, you're not that far from the King of Prussia Mall, right? You're right by Valley Forge Park, which is pretty cool. I mean, especially now, like going to a park is like a big outing these days. I mean, that's like, that's how you, that's how you get out of the house anymore. You can't do anything else. So I, I kind of get all that stuff. I find it hard to believe that Chesterbrook beat Santa Monica. I mean, I'm just, I'm having a hard time with this. I mean, I've been to Santa Monica. It's a beautiful place. You're right on the ocean. I mean, the ocean beats Valley Forge Park for me every time. I don't know about you, Sarah. So, uh, yeah, I, I find these rankings. Yeah, I, I mean, I just find these rankings so interesting because they have like these small towns, and it's Santa Monica, and there was actually two parts of Santa Monica were two and three, and then number four was Penn Wynn or Wynwood, and I'm like, well, like, is this just like California and Pennsylvania? Like, there's nowhere else to live. I mean, I'm, you know, it's. <laughs> and then I, so I, I went and looked at some other lists because I thought it was kind of let's get some perspective here, and if you go on bank rates list. Uh, they ranked Raleigh, North Carolina, number one, and like Austin and Colorado Springs. And then in the U.S. News and World Report, they had Boulder, Colorado, Austin, and then Colorado Springs. So, I mean, I'm not sure these are all nice places to live. I, I think you got to get like, a, like, is it the best? Like, what makes it the best? Like, I mean, the best is, it's such a superlative. I mean, there's got to be a better criteria here, right? I would think so, yeah, because the, the rankings and the list always come out uh, with different places on top. So um, there doesn't seem to be one set standard that they're they're following when they come up with this. But still exciting for our exciting for Chesterbrook. I mean, that that was like a very cutting edge community when it was built because they didn't have many places that had that many homes there. And now they've got like restaurants, grocery stores, all that stuff's right there. I mean, look, I went to high school around there. It's not a bad place to live. Don't don't get me wrong here. I think it's very nice for for a lot of reasons. Just, is it the best in the country? I mean, is that really what, I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't even think I've been to enough places to be able to make that judgment. So that, that's just my take. So, so the next story here, pretty big news coming out of the real estate space is that Compass is going public. It's been all over the place. And this came out earlier in the week that they're eyeing a $10 billion with a B valuation and will be pricing their shares between 23 and $26. So that's a, that's a huge number for a real estate company. So what do you think about all this? So it was, it's interesting, um, just based off of some of the losses that they uh, released that they had over the last year. Um, a lot of that was, I think, some different acquisition costs. 
and kind of like the, the cost of them doing business. Um, so what I thought was interesting is that uh, Refkin is uh, kept himself in a position even with uh, selling off these different shares and going public where between the different classes, he will still be uh, top dog and be able to make a lot of the decisions uh, that go along with what happens with the company. So, um, you know, even with going this route, he's still gonna be able to make all the calls. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's important for a lot of CEOs. They wanna maintain control because when you go public, like the game changes. Once you take other people's money and you've got accountability, it's, it's totally different than you running the company as the CEO. and and. So I, I, I get that part to a certain extent. I mean, he's done a lot of work to scale Compass and he's, he's obviously built them up to a pretty, pretty you know, a, a, a disruptor within the industry. You know, I, I look at the valuation here a little differently. I mean, I see 10 billion and that, that all sounds great, right? They had a net loss last year of $270 million. Like that's a lot of money to be losing. Um, and when you look at their path to profitability, because I look at all these companies and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor. I still, you know, we, we run a real estate team. We have basic business things, but I, I look at this and how do you get 10 billion from a minus of 270? Like, I just don't get it. And when you look at some of the indicators on their balance sheet and, and some of the other things that, that are happening here. So last year they increased their per person productivity by 12%. They recruited a lot of agents. So, I mean, their, their agents were selling more homes last year. Now home sales were also up seven, 8% last year. So that might've been something to do with the market. Uh, but then you look at their gross margins, they're really low and they've been dropping and they're more in line with a brokerage gross margin than a tech company, which they keep telling everyone they're a tech company. They got all this tech, which I still don't really understand all that. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's any different than what any other real estate company has to be super clear. And, you know, tech companies typically have like a 70% gross margin and that's not what's happening here. So, you know, they're, I see a couple issues with them getting to profitability and that's, you know, and this is more like an investor warning is be careful if you're going to be buying the stock because you look at, they've got really low margins and they've got really high expenses. So I don't see how they get to profitability unless their agents start selling a ton more real estate. And with the disruption in the, in the real estate industry right now, I see people shying away from these big brokerages and going to play. I mean, EXP is like that, that to me, it's a much bigger startup than what compass is doing. And, and then you look at their like, the, the stock prices of a couple of these different companies. So Remax is trading right now about $40 a share. Realty's at $14 a share and EXP is at 51. So, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to see where the stock price settles. I just, I, I question, will this company ever become profitable with the amount of money that they're using on acquisitions and tech and all this other stuff, like you had said, you know, that to me as an investor, like I'm buying the stock, I need to see profitability. I mean, I don't want this to be like a Wall Street bet sort of thing where if you follow that at all with GameStop. And I mean, there's, there's so much manipulation in the market right now. I, I, I get a little concerned about the people that are going to be investing in this IPO. Sure. The other thing that's interesting, and I know I'm, I'm going like way financial here and Sarah's probably like, yeah, sounds great, Tom. Keep, keep talking. Um, you know, they're, they're also backed by SoftBank and SoftBank, you know, they're, they're part of WeWork and, and WeWork lost um, $3 billion last year. So like, I, I mean, if, if they hit it off on the IPO and things keep going, that's great. I just, I mean, that, that's a huge number for evaluation where their profitability, is, I mean, I just don't see a path to it there. I mean, you know, so you're, you're like, an, let's say you're investing. I mean, is this, is this the kind of stock you want to be buying right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on how much of a, a risk taker you are and, you know, how long you're trying to hang on to different stocks and if you're trying to trade them quickly or uh, maintain them for a long time. Um, 
So I'm sure there will be people that will certainly, you know, be all over it and, and purchase the stock, but it'll be, you know, we'll kind of have to ride it out and see where it goes. So, so Realogy stock, I mean, that's been getting hammered, right? And I've seen at the T3 conference where Realogy is just getting killed and the CEO is sitting up on stage and Stefan Swanpole says to him, hey, tell me about what's going on with your stock price right now. It's not doing too well. I mean, that's the life of a CEO. And I hope Refkin's ready for this because, you know, right now, I mean, that's what he's going to be dealing with. And if he wants 69% of the, of, the, of, the, of the voting power, which is what this is all structured to do and what you had shared, you better be ready to answer the call because losing 270 million is not going to be cool with a lot of people. I mean, that's just, that's just the facts. So this is really going to up the stakes. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So interesting stuff. I think this is like, we'll not, we're not going to know how this plays out for like years. I mean, this is going to be kind of a long-term story to monitor. So Sarah came up with some fun stuff to talk about today. Actually, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. We got two big holidays coming up. You're a dog lover. National Puppy Day is coming up. Talk to us a little bit about that. What do you think? Yeah, so National Puppy Day, uh, March 23rd. Um, great, great thing, <laughs> I think, um, because it's kind of designed to bring awareness to people who are considering, um, you know, get bringing a pet into their family. And it just, uh, you know, kind of goes over the, raises awareness about puppy mills and um, kind of helps people to consider adoption because there are a lot of really good pets out there in need of a home that, um, you know, going the adoption route uh, really helps them out um, and solves a lot of, a lot of problems. So um, it actually, the founder, um, I guess, started National Dog Day back in 2006 and, or 2004, and then started National Puppy Day after that to kind of, um, because who doesn't love dog days, you know? <laughs> I mean, I feel like every day is some national national day of sorts, but it's always fun when it pops up that it's puppy day or dog day, so. Well, I think, I'm, you know, I'm, now go ahead. I mean, I know you're a dog lover, and what's cool about this, I think that this is something people need to raise awareness about, because there's, I've seen, like, Ellen DeGeneres, right? Remember when she got that dog, and was like, I don't want it anymore, and just gave it away? Like, that is totally irresponsible, and, the, and, the, and like, that's where a lot of these puppy, I mean, they just churn out these pets, and they're like, there, there, you know, there's a lot of pets that get left on the street. So there, there's a website, it's called adoptapet.com. And it's like a total non for profit if you're looking to adopt a dog. Um, I love that idea. I think there's so many good animals that deserve a home. Uh, you know, we've got two dogs. I know, I know you've got you've got Lou dog. I mean, he's your, he's your boy. So uh, I think that this is something that needs some, some awareness raised about it a little more, especially now, because I mean, you think about how life's been over the past 53 weeks since we were told we couldn't leave our houses anymore. I mean, a dog would probably brighten a lot of people's days, right? I mean, I think that would like make people like happier and 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 feel better. So, really cool cause. Love that. The other one you told me about is National Cheesesteak Day. So yes, what's your so favorite? That cheese is steak? Um, so that is March twenty fourth, and my favorite cheesesteak in Philly is Jim's. Um, I've just always been a big fan of Jim's. I used to live like less than a block away from there. So it was a frequent late night stop. Um, but I, I think I've tried all of the cheesesteak spots in Philly and Jim's has just always remained top of the list for me. So what about you? What's your favorite? So Jim's is really good. I, I agree with you there. One of my favorite is not is Patrogino's. It's like a tourist trap. Like they're, they're okay. But like, I mean, I like Steve's a lot, Steve's Prince Estate, mainly, and this is this may not be a great reason, it's convenient to get to, because if you're in Center City, 
you can go right off 16th street and you don't have to like go down to like South Philly, which you know, I don't live in the city anymore. Underrated cheesesteaks. I got two of them for you. Delisandro's, which is like, I get, get some notoriety in Roxborough. That's a, that's a pretty good one. But I also, there's a, there's a deli in Ardmore called Genie's that we go to like all the time. And you know, I'm, I, my outlook on health and life has changed a little bit. So I don't like this gigantic big roll, like where I'm eating like a loaf of bread. So they have a smaller roll and the steak is chopped instead of sliced. I'm a big fan of the chopped steak. I don't know about you, but I, I, I like chopped over sliced. That's another huge debate with this. Like I mean, we might get in a fight after this. That's how seriously people take their cheesesteaks around here. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, I like chopped. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. We just, after having like tried all of it, knowing that gyms is what we like, and it's still like very close to us where we live now. So it's, Convenient and um, we love it. <laughs> yeah, convenience is a key, is a, is a huge deal. I mean, I think if it's a pain in the butt to get to, you're not going to like it. Tony Luke's is also really good, but I, I actually prefer their roast pork down there um, as yeah. opposed to the cheesesteak. Um, so, like, how do you order it? I think that's the other big question. Like, what do you get on there? I mean, do you get like a certain type of cheese? Do you get any like toppings? Like, what's your what's your go to? Because this is also this is like it's like sacrilegious for a lot of people. If you oh yeah, right I go now. I go whiz whip. Mm. See, I, the way like the whiz like it used to be cool but like i'd rather have like a piece of cheese on like actual real food instead of yeah. gelatinous cheese coming from a can i mean that's just <laughs> me now i will get fried onions and mushrooms on there too and occasionally we'll put on some hot sauce so how about that okay. little little yeah. different order yeah i mean i like to get some hot peppers on there i also think like we really don't get cheesesteaks on the regular i would say at this point it's now mostly like um well this year different but when people come into town to visit that aren't from philly um you know they always want to get their cheesesteaks so that's probably when we're more likely to to make a cheesesteak run but I, I couldn't agree with you more on that i mean if cheesesteaks are part of my regular diet i'd be like 20 pounds heavier like i mean it, you know and i mean I'm, I'm a little older than you so i gotta watch what i eat and all that stuff so i do agree i don't eat them as much as i used to which is probably a good thing so that's 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 another another point Cool stuff. So we're going to highlight all these businesses. You guys can check them out. We'd love to hear your comments about what you think the, the best cheesesteak is. Um, we'll link up all these uh, puppy adoption websites we talked about. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Bye.